Ah, welcome everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Everything Goes. We're going to wait for some people to pop in here. I'm early for a change. <laughs> I made it on time. Imagine that, me being late for my own show. <laughs> anyway, uh, again, welcome everybody. We're going to talk about a couple things. Uh, not a couple things, a lot of things usually, but we'll start off with a few uh, in regarding to even food. Hey, CCWC, hey, how you doing? The um, um, a lot of us think that we're eating foods that are orgasmically organic or um, kosher or halal or I don't know, whatever the theme of the day is when it comes to food and food safety and what we think is safe and clean and nutritious and has substance and is, you know, has high nutrient value and, and because it's grown in this country or that country, it makes it safer or better or whatever. I have to tell you straight out, a majority of that information that you're getting today in regard to anything I just mentioned and any other thing, you know, when they say that you're coming from pure, pure organic uh, sources, a lot of that's just pure bunk majority of it's bunk if you're growing something in the field and you got somebody growing genetically modified or genetically engineered crop there it's it's contaminated and unless it's grown in, in indoors or it's covered up it has a shielding of some kind a filtration of some kind you're not getting anything really safe <clears throat> it's contaminated and the contamination levels can be can vary you know, we're hearing all the time we're buying dairy products and products from New Zealand because it's safer and they're organic. A lot of that's just bullshit too. The majority of that's bullshit. They're using, like I said this before, they're using Brotopolcom 1080. They are, they are growing GMO foods over there as well. So it's not like you're getting anything really safe. And then you get into the whole, uh, how you doing, Selma? Uh, Dent, how you doing? And then you're getting into the whole uh, kosher. It's kosher. It's got to be safe. The, the Hebrews are eating the kosher. The Hebrews are eating just as much shit as anybody else. Don't get, don't allow that to kid you. So even those are eating halal. And when you, I, I talked to a fellow when I was down in Arizona years ago, who was actually in the food industry for the uh, kosher. And he told me right off the bat, he said, just because it's kosher doesn't mean it's healthy. It just means that the people that are selling the products have paid for the license to sell a kosher product. Same with halal. No different. They have marketed this whole idea so that those people who believe in those specific ideologies or, or religious uh, uh, belief systems they have, you know, the, in halal, you're, they're allowed to use things that are either uh, sold by Christians or Hebrews because they, they're about the similar similarities in the beliefs and in the food uh, cleanliness perspective. But uh, I was looking at a video the other day and they're talking about in Australia uh, how they're gassing the chickens. And I'm sure that's going on here in the United States and Canada and everywhere else. And by gassing the chickens, the idea behind gassing the chickens, you put them in a state of, you know, you knock them out and then you can proceed to kill them. Now, halal has like four or five 
four or five different stipulations to make it halal. The animal itself, how the animal is treated, um, the blade that's used to kill the animal, we have to be sharp to minimize any trauma to the animal. And at the end, they'd have to say a prayer to God or Allah. So that's how they, that's what makes something halal. And they were showing how you can go online. I can go online right now, fill out an application, and all of a sudden now I am certified to sell halal food. Probably the same thing would apply to the organic and the kosher. So a lot of times when you're reading stuff, it's not what you think you're reading and, and, and it's what it is, you know. So don't, so don't be fooled by the marketing. Again, majority of the stuff we're buying today or buying into today is marketing. Because a lot of times the, um, the um, even the supplements today, they're a joke, most of them. You know, when I look at some of the so-called whole food vitamins, these are the most hilarious of, of them all. And you got all these people coming out there perpetrating, well, vitamin C needs actually this, this, and this to make it more viable and, and, bi and bioavailable and effective and blah, da, dee, and blah, da, die. It's always better to get it from a natural source. The one thing everybody fails to do is to read their history, especially when it comes to, uh, on any topic, really, on any topic. Because you find over a period of time that a lot of things become uh, distorted, convoluted, uh, deceptive, and it's all tied to marketing. It's all tied to marketing. You can't compete with vitamin C or ascorbic acid because it has been proven, it's got more studies on it than any other supplement, and it has been proven to be viable and working. So contrary to all these, again, what I call these F-tards, that are out there propagating natural vitamin, natural occurring vitamin C and you know the, the chemistry, blah, 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 da, da. If you go back even 100 years, you go back to Dr. Kettering, you go back to Dr. Cadcart, you go to uh, Dr. Roth, Dr. Pauling. And these were medical people that were using the ascorbic acid, ascorbic acid, and they were curing everything with it pretty much or reversing a lot of the health conditions without it being a natural source, which I find really ridiculous in, in a lot of ways. If I give you a sugar, for instance, whether it's coming from corn or any other source, whether it's a synthetic or, or a natural source, the body does not see any difference between the synthetic or the natural. And most supplements today are have to be, they're extracted. The ingredients in them are extracted from food sources to begin with because the amount that's in these food sources are negligible. So they try to find those with the highest concentration of whatever they're trying to extract out, and then they go through a process. So when we're looking at a lot of the things and we're hearing a lot of things today, a lot of it's about grabbing your dollar. And a lot of people say, well, I feel so much better on these. That's all, again, psychosomatic. You know, that's a placebo effect. Can't feel vitamin C working in you. You can't feel a lot of supplements that work in you. You may notice a difference in the energy. You may notice a difference in viability. You may notice a difference in vitality. But 
again, it's not because they're natural or synthetic. It's because they're actually be, being utilized by the body and they're working. And a lot of people don't realize as well, vitamins are all synthesized in the lab anyhow. So when you're looking at that, you know, uh, the concept that it's a synthetic, well, of course, they're all synthetics they're, if you want to be technical. So when getting into food, we're getting into supplements, when we're getting into a lot of the different things, again, how are you doing, Kata? Uh, again, when you're looking at a lot of things, um, a lot of these things that you're being led to believe isn't accurate at all. You know, you go on my website alone. Okay, you go on my website and you look at the ascorbic acid, you will see how it has been used many, many years, you know, over a century. Um, uh, over a century, how they've used these things and how beneficial it has, has been. Well, okay, when we're talking natural medicine, what are we talking exactly? Natural medicine. Because, uh, because when you're looking at the marijuana, okay, well, that's not natural medicine. <laughs> that's a herb. Natural medicines, every, okay, to, just an FYI for most of you, most pharmaceutical drugs today extract, extract about 80% of the pills you're taking, even in the uh, pharmaceutical, from plants. So technically speaking, you can say they are also a natural medicine if you want to be technical. So natural medicine literally doesn't mean much in regarding to, again, by making that uh, claim. What do I get? Uh, for instance, let's, let's go with foxglove. Everyone knows foxglove. And if you take foxglove, it can help, again, alleviate heart failure and it stops heart attack. But the actual ingredient in foxglove is what they're extracting out that's what makes it a pharmaceutical in the sense that because they've taken that one specific item and isolated it and that's what they're that's the only thing they're using in order to uh give as a medicine if you will but in all reality in all reality the, a lot of the um supplements are the same thing taking we're getting b1 where does b1 come from it comes from rice rice hulls so you got all, so they're extracting the B1 from a rice hulls. That's just what gives it. It's it's a natural source, in the sense that it's a natural product that your body would utilize because your body needs B1, but it's coming from a plant base. So when you're looking at even vitamin C, where does vitamin C come? Vitamin C to come from a lot of different sources. Today, the primary so, primary source is corn, corn, and I believe yucca and some other source, but the main source is corn. So a lot of things that we're consuming today is coming from plant-based. So they're all natural, natural, you know, medicines, if you will. Okay, so again, you got to get your thinking correct here on this. Because we because if you're trying to isolate a thought on that, what's natural medicine, because you're using a herb as opposed to a pill, yet the pill has a, has the ingredients from a natural source, then you're basically discriminating for no reason. Ever, ever going to be technical. Now, the pharmaceuticals, where they have a problem is when they extract certain sp specific components, they imbalance the, uh, the, the chemistry. 
and again it it become it can become lethal because you don't have the uh what i would call the brakes on the on that chemical in order to regulate it more more efficiently in the body so again depending on what you're doing and how you're doing things again natural medicine marijuana i wouldn't call it a natural medicine it has components in it that have benefit for you and i would call it a herbal or a botanical but again if we're just going after the thc content now we have extracted the thc from it and now it's it becomes more of a, a, a it's a medicine in that regard like a allopathic because of that so not everything allopathic is bad too some things in allopathic medicine do work for instance i'm a big believer in perpetrator of aspirin, plain, simple aspirin with no excipients. That has a lot of research backing it up to in regarding to even treating eight different cancers. And the two most difficult cancers to treat are respiratory and pancreas. And it targets both of them as well. So is the allopathic completely bad? Well, it's in, depending on what you're talking about. You know, it's depending on what you're talking about. It does have some things in it that are, are valid, varied. And again, when you're looking at a health food store, majority of the stuff you're using in there is basically allopathic. So even when you're using a whole food vitamin and you're looking at the actual ingredients in the whole food vitamin, you're paying a lot of money for nothing <laughs> because there's hardly anything in them and they don't really benefit anybody any better. Whatever benefits you're getting pr primarily, it will be, like I said, placebo more than anything else. And... Over the, over the decades, I have used vitamins to help people find solutions, and I've seen great results just using a simple B1 or a simple B3 or B5 or com combining a B5 with a, an adaptogen to in, uh, incorporate the, the uh, support mechanisms required. In re and on top of that, the, where the herb does one thing and the vitamin does something else, they have a synergy, so it, it becomes more effective. So there are... I have, like I said, personally seen people taking mega doses of vitamin C coming and uh, again rectifying or even um, uh, fixing whatever whatever was was uh, problematic for them. So, like I said, you know, don't get caught up on a lot of the rhetoric you're reading today because a lot of it today is not what it appears to be. And when you're looking at a lot of the research today, too, I don't really spend a lot of time in NIH. Sometimes I'll look at a, at a document in NIH, and then I'll go look for uh, things to validate that document. Because a lot of the stuff in NIH dating way back, uh, a lot of things were put in there because companies paid to have their articles put in there, or students were putting their stuff in there as a research paper for a credit. So you have to really understand a lot of the a lot of that NIH stuff. You really have to do some uh, in-depth research. You know, you can go to different websites that have uh, you know different um, current research or research that has been done in different parts of the world, uh, seeing if there's any validity to some of the early research. Some of the early research again was just bunk, just bunk. Double CS Club Chrissy, how you doing? So like I said, you know, when we're looking at food even, let's go just back with food. It's orgasmically organic. Doesn't mean it's healthy. Doesn't mean it's safe. 
does it actually mean it has any kind of nutritional value to it? These are questions you need to ask. So we've gotten so used to hearing that organics are better and they're healthier and less toxins and less pollutants. Tell me, if you're eating meat, where is that cow? Where is, the, where is the meat from the cow you're buying? Our Unda homeopathic preparations, I have no idea telling you that, one way or the other. I don't, I'm not, I don't use homeopathy that much, hardly ever, to be honest with you. Uh, I've never seen a need to use it. Uh, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying I've seen you know, people who have used homeopathy and have seen results with it. So I just, I personally don't use it. I do suggest it as an alternative for some people. Uh, whether that company you're talking about is of any value, I do not know. Couldn't tell you. I'd have to, I like you would have to research it. You know, um, yeah, a lot of anything you're buying today, you really have to go into some detail, uh, detail research. Because a lot of the same supplements today, like 30 years ago, were way better 30 years ago than they are today. They're a lot more stringent on quality control than they are today. And a lot of and a lot of the vitamin companies today have been bought out by pharmaceutical chains or a competitor chain that 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 vitamin may have been competing with, and then they bought uh, they bought out the company. Um, well, if you want to make your own B complex, you're gonna have to buy all the B vitamins and then just uh, create a. Um, Great. You could either combine them in a calcium chloride or a baking soda solution or even a magnesium uh, 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 carbonate solution. Anything that has a acid neutralizing effect, you can and then mix them up to whatever ratio you want to mix them up. And remember, each capsule has a like single zero, double zero, triple zero, all have a different size and amount you can you can uh, put into them. So, like I said, when you're seeing a B complex and you're giving me a B complex that has 100, 100 milligrams of B1, 2, 3, 5, 6, um, uh, choline, inositol, okay, because B12 and folic acid will only have, they'll be in a microgram strength. Uh, again, you'd have to put it together that way. So, you'd, you'd mix up whatever 10 grams of each and maybe one gram of the others and mix them up and then, and then based on the capsule you're using, uh, figure the ratio that you're putting in each one, and you got to also remember you got to put a you got to put a neutralizer in the sense that because some of those B vitamins are acidic. B5 is an acid. Uh, niacinamide or niacin has an acidic component to it too. So you'd put something in there to keep it stable. Uh, yeah. So like I said, we we have. Uh, yeah, I mean, making your vitamins is probably the best way of going. But getting back to the food, you know, we have, like I said, that term organic. So how many, how many of you, when you think of the term organic, think in terms of the crops are not being sprayed? How many of you think in those terms? How many of you think that organics are grown in a special place. How many of you think that? You know, how many actually think in those terms? 
See, because then you would be wrong in both accounts. How you doing, Shauna? How you doing? Because again, organic doesn't mean, okay, if you go outside and you actually look at the actual definition of what is an organic, what, is, what does organic actually mean? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> organic is sustainable bullshit. Yeah, that's true. But what does that actually mean? Okay. Uh, does it mean it's uh, uh, chemical free? Hey, Yanni, how you doing? You made it. Yay. Um, yeah, lithium is bad. Where'd you buy that? Where'd you find the one with lithium in it? Um, so, I mean, organic, what does that actually mean? What does that really mean? Uh, pretty much. So is the grass growing outside in your lawn, is that organic? Is the tree growing outside in front of your house, is that organic? How about uh, the weeds in your garden, are they organic? No pesticides. Well, that doesn't mean it's organic. Okay, that does not mean it's organic just because you don't add pesticides. That's, again, that's a conception that they've, they've sold you on. Okay. Organic, basically, the original term for organic meant carbon base. So trees, grass, flowers, plants are all organic. Whether, they're, whether they have pesticides on them or not does not de de uh, delete the fact that they're organic. Okay. Um... Not necessarily, could be. Growing our food in our control environment is organic. That it, it doesn't change it, really. You're growing something in a environment, controlled environment, doesn't make it any more organic than the tree growing outside in front of your house or the grass growing in the lawn. Yeah, all organic means it's a, a carbon-based life form. So whether you grow it in a greenhouse, whether you're growing it indoors in your house, in a basement, in a barn, underground, in a, in a uh, glass container, doesn't change it from being organic. Okay. What you're growing is an isolated crop. That is, it has less exposure to the environmental uh, pollutants that are out there. Okay, it has nothing to do with the seed either. Nothing. Still organic. All of it's organic. The grass growing inside, outside your front lawn there, that's all organic. Whether they spray pesticides, dyes, coloring agents, whatever, it's all organic. The seed that's in the ground that's, that's presenting, uh, uh, propagating that grass is all organic. It doesn't matter what's, and this is what I'm saying. They have got you all believing that because something isn't being done or something isn't done, even genetically modified organisms and even genetically engineered crop are organic. They're all organic. The difference is they have been genetically manipulated and modified. That's what separates them from other organics, but they're still organic. Still a carbon-based life form with a genetic change. That are they safe? No. 
are they are they should they be eaten no but that's pretty hard today not to eat something that's been genetically modified or genetically engineered because the pollen will cross pollinate with any plant that's out there and alter its genetics that's what it does the same concept that they did with these injections are done, they've done a long time ago with gmos and genetically engineered foods they've allowed the, the crops to be put out in the field and over decades of pollination and cross-pollination, we have just about everything you're eating today is genetically engineered. So you're not eating anything what you think you're eating. Okay, They may not be purposely trying to plant a genetically engineered seed or genetically modified organism, but nonetheless, it's been exposed. So... When we're looking at when we're looking at the food supply, it puts a different twist on food safety, doesn't it? Or food food value. So now let's just take a food-based vitamin. Okay? Food-based vitamins. Let's take a look at vitamin C. Scorpic acid, I'm going to be bouncing back and forth to give you some clarity of what you're buying, what you think you're buying, and the perspective that they got you believing in. So let's take vitamin C. So now they got a food-based vitamin C coming either from camu, camu, uh, amla, or rosehip, right? Everyone has seen these products. Everyone has said that these are the real vitamin C, and these are the ones you should be taking. So let's do a, let's do a little breakdown of that, okay, shall we? When they're in fresh form, in other words, when they're still alive, Amla and Camu Camu have the highest ascorbic acid content of any of any fruit or plant on the planet to, to date. To date, and there may be something else today. Each one carries about 3,000 3, milligrams or 3 grams of vitamin C while fresh. Fresh. Rosehip uh, carries a high count too, but not as high. But again, fresh. Now, when they're dehydrated and being synthesized in the lab, the 3,000 milligram of vitamin C can drop drastically. So when the company's suggestion that you take one tablespoon of Amla or Kamu Kamu, to get 900 milligrams of vitamin C. That's a super drastic drop in the, vo the volume of vitamin C. So you're not hardly getting anything. That What you're getting primarily is the bioflavonoid effect. High levels of bioflavonoids. So when we're looking at some of the stuff, again, when they're talking... You do actual research on this, you begin to realize, wow, this is such a scam. And they're selling you a little two ounce or three ounce bottle for like 40 bucks. Again, for what? You know, for high levels of bioflavonoids. So again, this is how they play the game. It's organic, it's clean, and it's a natural, a natural, a natural uh, vitamin source. It's all natural. You know, arsenic is natural. <laughs> Soy has uh, has goitrogens and stuff that are all natural, you know. So, like I said, you gotta kind of you gotta kind of pay attention to some of these details because you w wind up wasting a lot of money for nothing. 
Tony, last year Walmart threw away about 5,000 packs of every seed imaginable. It threw them in a big roll-off dumpster. I retrieved them. Majority expired December of last year. Do you yeah, they're going to be good. As long as they don't hit, as long as the, the seeds are maintained and dry, they should be okay. I mean, if you got any doubles, maybe what might, you might want to do is take a couple out, pull it, uh, um, put them in water and a little yogurt, see if they sprout. But they should. Seeds don't go bad necessarily. They, I mean, eventually over a great deal of time, they just stay inactive, inert until you, uh, until the enzymes are activated in the, um, in the seed. You know, what's there between ascorbic acid and citric acid? Well, they're two different acids. They're not the same. Citric acid is citric acid. Ascorbic acid is ascorbic acid. Ascorbic acid is a form of vitamin C. And citric acid is another type of, of uh, acid. They may, they may both come from a citrus source, may, but they may come from different sources as well. As I stated earlier, ascorbic acid can come from corn. Citric acid can come from a lot of other things. All right, didn't they? okay. If you got a hundred packs, I, I listen. I'd keep them. I would keep them, you know. And um, I may take maybe one pack of something that I may eat. Uh, again, soak the soak them in water and then let them sit on a paper towel and see if they sprout. And if they sprout, then I would get a, a potting plant, mix it with yogurt and minerals. Uh, and the dirt, and then plant the seeds in there and see what you get, you know. Because if you can take those seeds and grow stuff and and allow them to grow to seed, you're always going to have an abundance of supply of seed. The key to keeping seeds uh, viable is not to allow them, allow them to get wet or moist, you know. Because once that happens, the water will activate the enzymes to activate the uh, seed to start to propagate. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I would do some. I, that's what I would do. Uh, just be, a lot of things have a expiration date on them in the stores, so that they can remove the stock, the old stock, and put new stuff in there. And again, it's a cost. It's just a cost, you know. A lot of times, a lot of times, that's all unnecessary. Okay, when you go to a grocery store, for instance, bread that you're buying in the grocery store. They'll only allow bread to be on the shelf for three days. That's it, three days. And then they got to remove it. But that bread will last you for, for months if you freeze it. You know, it doesn't go bad. And even when you take it home, okay, when you, when you, if those of you who are still eating bread, will realize a lot of times that bread will last up to two weeks. Now, I have seen bread that people have bought and after three days have gone moldy. And I often wondered about that. Then it dawned on me that, um, like stores like Costco, one day I bought grapefruit from them. And as soon as I got them home, within the day, they went moldy. So I kept thinking that perhaps what was going on was the LEDs in the, in the store were inactivating, deactivating something. As soon as I got them home without the LED, whatever was being deactivated got turned on. Tony, previous show this summer, you mentioned uh, innocent. Can you elaborate again what the benefit to this? It's not an amino acid. Uh, I would probably tell you to go do some research on it. You know, there's a lot to it. I mean, it, it basically has a DNA supporting mechanism to it. Uh, 
trying to find it is another story right now. I've, I've been looking for it and there's one company that's still selling it, but that company is, has a dubious reputation. So I'm not, I'm not gun ho on buying it from them. Um, the back to the seeds. Yeah, I would, I would see if you can get things growing, you know, and then again, um, grow that, grow whatever you got growing to seed and then save the seeds. Like I said, that's going to be, that is going to be worth more than gold or even electronic currency up the way. The more seed you have, the more seed you can propagate that isn't been uh, environmentally or uh, in a lab manipulated. It's going to be worth a lot, you know, a lot. So I would, I would definitely be doing something like that. Just managed to tune in, no notification four times. What do you think about the light therapy? I know Giannis has a product that, there, but what is a, a trustful thing to know? It's not exasperating the nano. Well, infrared is good. I don't know what Yanni is selling uh, in that regard, but infrared is good because it does produce nitric oxide, which can help again in the body's immune system to remove anything, any of the nano that you're using. Um, Yanni does as well sell the, the bucket, triangle, the surge and purge and, and the spike. So you got all those things that are available. So as I stated to you before, if you're just going to use one therapy like that and not disengage the nano, then all you then you run the risk of propaga uh, propagation. If you don't disengage the nanotechnology inside your body, I don't care what you're using. I don't care what it is you're going to use. You will further propagate and promote the assembly in the system and the networking in the system. So if you think you're going to get off on it cheap on some of this stuff, unfortunately, there's nothing cheap here. You, they have hijacked you from uh, uh, through many several layers um, in that regard. So you have to disengage the tech. The infrared does help on a lot of other things, uh, for, uh, even with infections. So again, I'm not sure what Yanni is selling. And if he wants to talk about it here, he can. He can uh, do whatever. So that's why I grabbed so many. Yeah, good idea. I, I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. I would have I jumped in that bin. I would have grabbed every packet I could have, and I would have put them in a, made sure the everything was clean, and made sure that none of the seals were broken. And as long as they're dry, they should be okay. You know. Um, and again, uh, there is a way to disengage the genetics in these seeds. And the way you do it is you you put them between two plates and run a, a fifteen thousand volt uh, charge through the two plates, which will then eradicate the, um, the gold pod they put into these things or the, and, or the proteins, and it wipes them out. And what winds up happening is the seeds then begin to go back to their original template. And you can wind up having uh, seeds real when they grow, for instance, corn. I've seen one guy did this with corn seed where he charged the seed with a high power charge and uh, wound up uh, restoring the, the original genetic to the seed by removing the the the, um, the uh, program that was in them. And when he grew a corn, 
One stalk had about 25 head of corn on there. And each head was about a foot long and about three inches wide. So that corn had the proteins and everything in this right ratio. And I don't know why they monkey. Well, I know why they monkeyed with the corn because they did it for, for uh, harvesting purposes because it was too hard to harvest because you were getting so much corn out of a field. It would, it would bog up the, um, the combines that were harvesting it. So they had, they changed it so that instead of having 25 head of uh, corn on one stalk, they only had five or six. Here in Texas, lots of chemtrails. My garden potted plant trees all have turned yellow, brown, and start to die. I sprinkled ironite granules around each plant tree. Three or four days later, they turn green. Uh, not the brown leaves. Have done this four times, uh, same results. You may be neutralizing the alkalinity in the, um, from the aluminum. But the, but the trees and stuff that's, that's out there are going to be uh, contaminated. That's the unfortunate reality. So you're, you may be just, um, what you may be doing is either you, you're uh, rebalancing the acidic uh, state or the alkaline state back in the soil. Um, well, the, okay. Uh, yeah, I got it. There are products out there uh, like Itera. Yeah, you're going to get that going on all the time. And unless the products are disengaging the, the operating systems or wiping out the program, then a lot of these products are being sold today as energy products that are going to do this, that, or whatnot, are going to be a waste of money. And it may act, majority of them will actually activate the nano. You know, having done a lot of research over the decades on this stuff, the uh, I don't. I don't, um, I don't buy anything from that, from anybody. Cause like I said, everything I'm reading does not tell that is not telling you anything in regarding to their effect on nanotechnology. Because, and a lot of them don't know either. Red light, the red light therapy I have is, is not for nano. It's for mitochondria and uh, the issues. Tony mentioned here, nothing for the nano healing. Also after removed it, uh, also after removed of the nano. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's using the, um, so whatever he's using it for, there you go. So, um, yeah, you can spike the seeds. I don't see how, but, this, but the charge has to be high enough to disengage the operating system. So the guys who actually did the experiment way back in the day uh, were hitting it with at least 15,000 volts. So you're going to need a ignition coil uh, and two plates and a switch to fire up and create that arc that's required or a charge. Even, even if um, there's, there's a possibility, and I've not done it, so I can't really say one way or another for sure, but there's a possibility if you run a high, run a coil, a high powered coil and put it between the seeds, put the seeds between the coils, it too may be enough to uh, fry the tech or fry the programming in the seeds because again you'd be, you'd be blasting them with a, such a high uh, surge of EMPs that, or an EMF that it could could technically erase the seed or erase the programming seed. Um, so, uh, how you tell me? Would you rec recommend using the nano bucket longer? Uh, no, you can go longer. I've had people use these, these things for up to two hours. Some have fallen asleep in the bucket. 
<laughs> with their legs in the bucket, wake up and they don't know what planet they're on, but you know, they, they come around soon enough. So yeah, you can go longer for sure. Um, what about EDTA? Is it better than DMPS or GFOA? Well, I'm not sure. What are you using the DMPS for? What are you using the DFOA for? Again, boils down to what you're using. You know, I use SDS because I think it's the best thing out there for removing all, just about anything. There's a DPTA that removes radiation from the body. EDTA does remove metals as well. DMPS, I'm not sure what that is, nor do I know what DFOA is, so I couldn't tell you but i would say that it would all depend on what you're using it for and uh what you're trying to pull out um so uh mercury toxicity anything with sulfur is going to pull mercury out <clears throat> the best thing out there uh, at the time if you can find is something called emeride that was designed, that's one of the safest and most effective uh, thing out there that will pull out mercury. But so will STS um, and so will EDTA. I would probably be using the sodium to EDTA and I would combine it probably with MSM or even um, DMSO. So um, you have options. Could you put spike pads into the dirt if a potted plant? And disable nano from the plant you'd have to run a high power charge you're not really getting this the amount of nano in the ground is immense immense if you were to take a soil sample and put it under a scope you'd shit literally so there's no way you're going to be able to uh, eliminate that this is why i tell you all the time to eat root-based vegetables or uh, primarily because they would have less contamination so in order to do what you want to do, you'd have to run a you'd have to run a generator shooting a high high amount of voltage through the soil, uh, and then then again you run the risk of destroying the crop. So the the best thing to do is create a greenhouse or a uh, bubble around where you're trying to grow. You know. I'm doing a mixture of vitamin C and MSM. Uh, McKinney's are overtaxed. Okay. Um, are you taking any kind of dandelion, root, or leaf tea, nettle tea to help flush out whatever you're taking out? You know, a stun gun is 30,000 volts. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. How much... How much nanos is in a potato? More than you can count. More than you can count. Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta think when you're looking at the sky and you see those plumes of lines across the sky. That's not just you know a small number. We're talking in the trillions up there. And that eventually envelops the, the, the soil that you, you're you growing your stuff, the ground you're walking on, the air you're breathing. There's no way you're going to be able to disengage it. You, you literally have to burn the topsoil down in order to get rid of it. And again, the next day it would be reloaded anyway. Initially, they were using zeolite to remove radiation and toxic metals from the soil. 
And then afterwards, they filtered the zeolite out in order to get that out because of the way it concentrated the toxins. So you're, you're going to have to come up with better ideas and better ways in order to uh, grow stuff. If you're going to grow stuff and, and the environment you're going to grow them in. The reason why people don't want to hear most of this is because they're too effing lazy to get off their ass and do something about it. The one thing this, this pandemic has taught me uh, was, without any doubt, I knew, I've always known people were stupid. To the length and extent of stupidity, I did, that I didn't know, but now I do. And the other thing I've come to conclusion with this pandemic is people are just lazy, 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 lazy. They will not do anything unless they're forced to do something. And once they're forced to do something and it becomes habit, then they stay with it. This is why people are still wearing a mask. This is why people are still getting injected. But when it comes down to taking care of themselves and growing their own food and doing what they need to do in order to preserve their uh, genetic code, their DNA, and anything else, they will not lift a finger. They'll eat any shit that's out there, then go to the doctor and expect the doctor to fix the damage that they've caused by eating whatever shit they ate. That's the truth. That is the truth. So you're not going to, it's not because of nature. Nature is their excuse for being lazy. Um... Not necessarily hydroponics. You got aquaponics. You got uh, uh, um, what do you call that? Um, it's a type of gardening where you're growing uh, in layers, like steps. Um, let me see here. I got a, I got an article. Give me one second. Um, where are we at? Um, Give me a minute here. I just saw it. You got vertical garden. You got uh, uh, hydroponics, aquaponics, greenhouse gardening, as long as, again, it's, it's sealed. You do have other options, but anything grown grown outdoors today is going to be corrupted. There is there's just no way around it. You know, until they stop chemtrailing the skies and until they stop dumping plastics in the ocean until they stop uh, industrial waste being released into the atmosphere like coal, coal uh, exhaust and industrial waste being dumped into the rivers and streams. You're, you're, you're never going to get around that completely. And you got to remember, this has been going on since 1947 with the chemtrails. Tony, I live in Merritt Island, Florida. Okay, I fish almost every day as I'm stocking my freezer full of Fresh snapper, uh, drum, and sheephead. Sheephead? I didn't know sheephead was down there. Okay. You think the river fish and safety? No, not really. You think the government has tainted the waters? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. If they're doing it here in Canada, they're going to be doing it in the U.S. You know, let's face it. There, there is an agenda to, to wipe out the population. And they are going to great extremes to make sure that even if you go out in the field and you, sh you bag a deer or a moose or an elk or something of that nature, that animal will be contaminated as well. So it doesn't matter what you eat, you're going to have to, and I've said this before, you're going to have to learn how to neutralize what you're eating. Uh, yeah, vertical gardening. Um, 
Yeah, you got, I mean, you got so many things around you that are, are violating the epigenetic. Okay, this is why I went back to the halal and the, and the uh, kosher and the organic. Everyone's got this perspective or perception that what you're eating is safe because it's got a label on it. When I was down in Arizona, I worked at a health food store, and you had everybody under the sun coming into that store. You had Hebrews coming in there. You had people from the Middle East with, that were, you know, from that area, whether they were Islamic or Christian, and you had, you know, Christians coming into this place. You had everybody coming in. And everyone was buying something because they saw something on the label. For instance, Ezekiel bread has got all the scriptural stuff written on it. So Christians were buying Ezekiel bread. But Ezekiel bread was no safer than any other bread. And then you had people buying the kosher stuff. And after I got done talking to the guy who was in that industry, in that business, because I was helping him and his wife at the time, uh, she had came down with cancer. And then what the hell out? You know, the different uh, things that de determine what is hell out. Uh, again, it was all it was all corrupt. It was all bullshit, all of it. It was just there to sell. Be, people bought it because it had this sticker on it. But people don't realize if it has a hell out sticker, a kosher sticker, or even organic, they paid the license for the license to have that sticker marked on their food. The Hebrews are not eating anything any safer than anybody else. And there are the people that are uh, Islamic. They think they are. But it's impossible today to have something of any clean food, if you're talking clean, unless, like I said, it's growing in isolation or separation. Um, the water here in Hungary is so bad, I double distill it and still has a thousand parts per million and high conductivity. Okay. Um after you double distill it, do you run it through a carbon filter? Try doing that. You know, try running it through a carbon filter. Oh, you do? Okay. Holy jeez. You're still getting that. High conductivity. Wow. Huh. That's, that's interesting. High conductivity. So in other words, if you put two, if you put two nodes in the water... Uh, on a voltage meter and said for the lowest setting it'll actually uh, give you a reading that's that's interesting um yeah yeah so again that's that's that, i'm finding that a little interesting huh yeah do you have uh, in hungary is she said hungary or czechoslovakia i forget now where the hell is it Hungry. Okay, in Hungary, did they have a reverse osmosis system there? Uh, okay, the only other concept you can do is, uh, I think, no, this is pure tap water. Okay. No, no, I'm just saying, if you had an RO system, you can run it through there to see if that will pull out any more. Um, Pretty much. Uh, I'm just trying to think. The only other thing I could see you doing is creating a filtration system. Uh, go to a go to a um, uh, aquarium market, a place where they sell fish, like an aquarium, 
and try using one of their filters because they usually have charcoal. Um, they have some kind of rock uh, in there also and another kind of fiber material and see if you run it through there if, um, if they'll help pull out the rest of the contaminants uh, in your system. I, I did a video once where we were showing how uh, different things you're buying, like juice, orange juice, apple juice, uh, non-alcoholic wine, and wine from Africa. And when you ran it through the filter, it was able to filter out the apple juice, the orange juice, and the, uh, and the wine. But when it came to the non-alcoholic wine from Germany, it, it, whatever was in it, the, the nano that was in it went through the filter. Uh, so you may want to try that, see if that'll help. Uh, you know, try try doing that. They got aquarium filters where, again, uh, there's three filters in them, so they should maybe help. Um, try that, see what happens. You know. Yeah, let's. I I like I said, I seen it pull out out of the juice a lot of the nano that was in the like I said pulled it out of the apple juice, it pulled it out of the um, orange juice, and it even pulled it out of the wine in Africa. Now again, uh, to, in all fairness, the water that they may have been using to extract the stuff or to make the stuff would may have had less cont contamination to begin with. But when it came from that non-alcoholic wine from Germany, I was so surprised. It, the wine went in, and the wine came out, and the shit that was in the wine was all all, all at the bottom of the bowl. And I was like really surprised. Uh, it didn't, it couldn't filter it. In other words, it went through the filter. But if you've already gone through the stages of double distillation, then whatever's left in the steam that you, that you collected should be very nominal. So if it is nominal, uh, then that filtration system should should work. Should again, theory at this point, we don't know for sure. Just a, just a, or the only other thing you can do is set up an electrostatic filter. In other words, when the water comes through, an electrostatic charge runs through the water and disengages whatever's left. Uh, they do that in some parts of the world. Uh, even with the even with the exhaust uh, from factories, yeah, I'm thinking it should. I mean, if you've gone through a st uh, double distillation, you're still getting a thousand part per million. Um, then I can only imagine what it was like before you distilled it. You know, um, yeah, it it that's that's insane. Well, you know what? It's not so insane anymore. Whatever going on in the world today, Europe for some reason is being uh, hit the hardest. You know, they're trying to bring in refugees from Africa and, you know, put, pl displacing them in Europe and then they're causing all kinds of problems. They're uh, displacing some of the more um, un uncharacteristic people from other parts of the Middle East into the Europe and it's causing problems. And then you got it going, I mean, so for, uh, then you got that Nordstrom that just hit, you know, with the gas. It just seems like they're trying to create a violent, violent um, environment in Europe. That's what it sounds like. So, but anyway. Um, what was the other thing I got? 
Oh, I, I put a I put a thing on my on the show, a link. <laughs> what happens when you take another booster? You're one step closer to the grave. <laughs> I saw that I thought it was it was appropriate. <laughs> Well, Cat, if you figure a way to get to the moon, take me with you. You know, <laughs> take me with you. The um, It's incredible what we are seeing today going on in this world. But I think what we're also seeing today going on in this world, those who are uh, awake, becoming more aware and more awake, those who are seeing what's going on are changing their behavior and heading more toward a, I'd say, more godly way of life. And then there are those who are what they are. And that too is becoming more, more and more public. Up until about, what, five years ago, we never even heard of adrenochrome or child trafficking in the sense of what's going on, child abuse. Uh, child sexuality or, or molestation, I guess would be a better word. You never heard of uh, Baal worship or Moloch worship the way we're hearing it today. So I think what's going on today is we're all getting a reality check about what we're, where we're living and what we're really living on. That's what I think. And I think even when it comes down to our beliefs, what we think we believe or what we've been taught to believe or the program of, of the idea of what we're believing, that too is changing. That too is changing. We're all seeing, we're, we're, get, we're all getting what I call a reality check on a major level. Uh, so... Well, I, again, I would agree and disagree with you, Raccoon. We are only smart as the information we are allowed to know. I don't think that's what we're allowed to know. It's what we go out and look after, look for. If we're going to sit there and wait for the information to come to us, it may never come. You, know, you have to go out and get it. You have to go out and look for it. You have to, you have to uh, see and then start to pursue it. You know, the Bible says, seek and you shall find. So again, if you're not doing anything, you're not, nothing's going to happen. How can it? You know, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So if you're not creating a wave, nothing's going to move. You know. Oh, and well, we're, that's what I'm saying. We're all learning today and we're all coming up to speed a lot, a lot faster and beginning to realize that not everything that we've been told on any level has any real accuracy or has any real accuracy. So when we're looking at the, um, well, everything, food, supplements, pharmaceuticals, you name it, you know, we're all beginning to see the, um, the dubiousness of what we've been told, you know, and we're also looking at today, I mean, how many people today are rejecting injections now before? Before people were, were uh, sitting on the fence, but a lot of them have now have decided not to go near that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so again, past information is, is has surfaced and been served, but even the past information, uh, you had to go look for it too. You really did. I mean, 
even when I started off in herbalism, there was a lot of things I was getting, but there was a lot of things I didn't get, and I had to go look for these things. And again, it was something that was it was more difficult to find them. Um, we got two extremes back then. It was hard to find real legitimate information. Today, you got so much information. Now you got to try to figure out which is legitimate and which isn't. Uh, so again, it's all now a matter of, of what we're looking at, and then and then also a matter of comparing notes. When you got a bunch of people that are awake and all looking for the truth on some level, whatever that may be, whatever it be into food, vitamins, health, politics, money, uh, life in general, buying homes, moving, anything, you know, we're, we're, when we get into a uh, group of people, because everybody's looking at different things, then everyone can get a better picture because everyone presents something that they seen or didn't see. You know, there are things that I've seen and I've shared with a group and there are things that they seen that they shared with me. And so as a result, my, I'm enriched by what they have seen and hopefully they're enriched by what I've shown them. So it works, it works that way today. You know, it, it has to work that way today. Uh, where none of us can see it all, that's for sure. Yeah, that's and that's the, the best thing you could do. I know I've been researching uh, and meeting the right people for 40 years and collecting their not. Yeah, that is the best thing you can do. Everyone keeps on exchanging. Um, hey, where's Waldo? So, like, yeah, so when you're looking at, um, a lot of things today it's good to have a lot of people looking at different things and everyone bringing it to a table everyone can then dissect and look at it and see what's real what isn't real and we go from there and um it it ensures the substantiation of whatever it is we're looking at you know whether it's true or false or whether it's just you know a potential there's a lot of things that I've seen uh, even on television that I can see through and, and gather and um, it, it, like I said, I'm seeing a lot of things. And again, it's because of my research that I've been doing and seeing that there's been a correlation to the research and what I'm seeing on television. So yeah, it's, it's good to have that. It really is. You know, if you're fortunate enough to have people that are awake and aware and are all looking at what's going on and spending their time in um, in the realm of reality rather than just this, this uh, matrix. They're laughing, just laughing. Okay, so now the question I'm going to ask everybody is, how are you going to be able to determine whether your food is safe or not? What are you going to use as a guideline? This is kind of a trick question. <laughs> It's kind of a trick question. You know, what are you going to do? How are you going to figure out what you're eating? Well, there you go. There's one, one answer. No food is safe. But think about that. How are you now going to go to the store? And how are you going to determine what you're buying is safe to eat or safer or, uh, you know, has any value to it? How are you going to determine that? 
See, like I said, it's a trick question in a way because it like, uh, okay. Yeah, but after a while, you're going to get tired of eating roots. I, I guarantee it. Roots, roots will only take you so far. <laughs> you know. Uh, again, that ain't going to have nothing to do with anything. Your your health, the quality of your daily vitality, eh. You can get a, you can get by eating shit for a while and still have your health and quality of your daily vitality. That that doesn't really determine anything, really. Um, so what would what would be okay? Let's go with the first answer. Nothing safe. So if nothing is safe, then what do you do? Okay, when you read the label, which is the next thing, or, or shortly thereafter. Um, okay, the the next thing is, okay, if buying meat, it's best to try to buy it from a source that you can trust, but if you, get, you don't have that option and you're restricted, let's say you're in an inner city and you don't have the money to go buy anything from a farm, then you're stuck to whatever you're going to get at that market you're going to. So the next thing you're going to have to do is you're going to have to neutralize the possible potential dangers are in the meat you're eating genetics pesticides nano air pollution water pollution whatever that cow is eating because see you got to also remember this when we're buying meat at a store or chicken or duck or goose or or lamb or rabbit or even any aquatics where are we going to figure out what farm that came from? Did it come locally? Was this meat all mixed up together? Because some came from Argentina, some came from Mexico, some came from Texas, some came from Alberta, and we mixed it all together. So we don't know. You don't really know. So the only other thing you can do for meat, even if you're eating pork, I'm not a pork eater, but some people do eat it. Okay, you're eating anything you're eating. In that regard, you're going to have to learn to neutralize. I run my meat with a spike, one of the spikes I built, just for an hour. And you should see the nano that comes out of the meat, the fibers that come out of the meat. So I do my part to neutralize this. And then when I cook it, I cook it in something of garlic or onion that has a high sulfur content. So whatever did, it didn't get out or whatever it stayed in that that would grab it so that when I eat it, it would minimize any possible side effect that I could get. Now, let's say you're buying packaged goods. Again, read your labels. If it's got silica, I, I, I read, was reading something yesterday. What the heck was I reading? There was a potato chip I was looking at, and I decided to read the ingredients, and one of the ingredients in that potato chip was silicon dioxide. Imagine that. They put silicon dioxide. Now, why would they put that in a potato? In a potato chip, I should say. So, again, you got to really read your labels. You can only go by what's on the label. So, if the label is telling you it's got titanium, titanium dioxide, silicon dioxide, aluminum, like, you know, you got three of the most toxic metals in your food right there in the can or bag or box. So, again, you would... Read that, and if it's talking about coloring agents or natural and artificial flavors, again, 
you're going to have to, again, understand what that means. So, that's another thing. Let's say you're still buying box cereal. Well, box cereals have uh, iron in them. If you take a magnet and put a magnet, pour them in a bowl, put a magnet, a powerful magnet, it'll pull out iron shavings in from the cereal. Another reason why not to eat it. You know. So, again, now when it comes to vitamins and things, what are you going to do there? That's a little easier. If you go in to any health food store, it don't matter, I don't care what it is, Nutrafoods, you know, Joe Blow's Health Store, what are, what are the uh, GNC, whatever. Go in there with the same mindset that you would in the grocery store, that it's all contaminated. Then start reading the labels and make sure that what you're getting, if it says pine bark, pine bark, nothing else, or pine bark and there's nothing else beside it, again, that's probably a clean product. If you're buying powders, for instance, arginine, lysine, carnitine, whatever powder you're buying, branched-chain amino acids, and you look on there and it's got in there silicon dioxide. It's got in there uh, TVP or HVP or AVP, as this is all soy. If it's got in there uh, aluminum lake, it's got in there a sweetener like uh, asasopame K, Again, these are all toxins. Leave it on the shelf. Leave it on the shelf. You're buying vitamins and the capsule is white. Chances are that's titanium dioxide. You know. Food is not the only component in one cell. That is true if you're going to be talking esoterically. But in the physical realm, it is one of the main things of, of, of uh, your health. What you eat will make you or break you. Having a spiritual perspective here is really ridiculous at this point because you still live in a physical plane, and I keep telling you that. You want to jump into some sort of spiritual horseshit, and again, that isn't, that isn't going to apply here. If you're eating proteins, your body will rebuild. If you're eating certain types of carbs, your body will function. If you're eating certain types of fat, you have a certain amount of immune system. But if the foods you're eating are contaminated, I don't care how spiritual you are, you are going to break down. And I can tell you this because I've got three decades of people like yourself coming to me for health issues. So when you start talking some of the stuff you're talking, keep it pertinent to the topic. Okay, If you are eating shit, it's going to kill you. You're going to wind up with some kind of cancer or some organ malfunction. That is reality. That is a fact. So food is, is not the only component, but it's one of the main ones. The air you're breathing will also affect you. The chemtrails that you're taking in will also break you down. And they are breaking you down. The epigenetics that you're exposed to today, if you don't have the proper nutrition in your diet, you will not be able to, again, uh, fight back or have the ability to uh, be able to uh, um, be more antagonistic to what is trying to attack your body. If you if your foundation is weak, you are going to break down. That is a fact. Period. Keep eating soy and you'll wind up having tits. Keep eating soy, you'll wind up having an ass like a woman because it will genetically alter you. The, the, the um, 
the genocide and dazodin in the soy will affect you on an on a, 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 um, endocrine level. And you will have estrogen overload, which will cause, again, cancers on all parts of your receptors where you have testosterone. So if your brain and the heart have the highest amount of uh, testosterone in your body and you are eating an estrogen estrogenically-based diet, you will wind up with a cancer in the heart or the, or the brain. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So when you're not, you're not going to have that concept that your foundation, you live in the physical realm and you're exposed by the physical uh, environment you're in. So food does play a major role in what you're, what you're taking in. Uh, see here. What is the purpose of severe headaches? Well, they're looking for blockages. What is the purpose of a carotid artery biopsy? My, they're looking for any kind of blockages that could be impeding any blood flow to the brain. So if she's not having enough oxygen going to the brain, that could, again, cause a problem. If she's got calcium deposits, again, it could cause problems. Uh, they put in everything disgusting. Um, that's right. They have silicon dioxide in many things. And it's there to, and again, it's there to kill you. So, uh, shop the perimeter of the store, uh, and stay out of the aisles. Well, that, that used to be the case. But the point I'm trying to make to you here on that is that may not be the, the ideal thing anymore either. See, there used to be, if you wanted the main part of the diet to be good, shop on the outer perimeter. That's that's true because that's where the majority of your food uh, is there that you're, that's either semi-alive or has a high protein content, like your eggs, your dairy, your meat, your vegetables, fruit. But we're no, long, no longer living in that reality. I, that's why I say take a 60x lens loop with you when you go to the outer perimeter and start looking at your food from the from the outer perimeter. You're going to find they have sabotaged that just as bad. That's why I said you got to start thinking in terms of neutrality. You, there's no way around uh, eating anything today that may may have been at one point in time um, healthy. Uh, Tony, can I carry your can I carry you around in the back? <laughs> Well, the idea behind this, you know, everything goes is so that everything will go. We can talk about anything. Um, so when you're eating whatever you're eating and the contamination is in there and it gets into your system, okay, now you got to start thinking, how do I get it out? How do I neutralize it? How do I, how do I get it to flush out of my system? Okay, that's what you got to start thinking. There's no way around. This is why I'm saying to you, the idea of having a safe food supply, unless you're growing it yourself indoors and you are, it's got the right nutri nutrient value, you're feeding it nutrients in the soil, then again, what are you eating? And how much of what you're eating is, is of any real value? You know, like I said, they took corn, genetically engineered it so that the stock would grow only five head of corn on there instead of 25. So what did they do? What did they diminish? What did they alter? What, what gene is in that corn that wasn't there before. You know. So the idea now is when you go in there, you go in there forearmed in your head so that when you're looking at different things, you don't assume anymore that things are safe. And again, you have to also consider this aspect of it too. If for the last two years and 11 months, 
They have been lying to us about this biological warfare that they've created against mankind. And they have told us that there was some sort of boogeyman out there that never existed. Why would you trust anything else at this point? Why would you trust anything would be safe? If they tried to hijack our health through this bioweaponry and then warp sped the damn thing through every, everywhere. And we're seeing today people dropping dead like crazy. They're just starting it. They're dying everywhere. You know, and we don't know either if the food they ate acted as an activator or as a, a stimulus so that when they fired the frequency, the chemicals and what they ate and what they had in their body reacted and killed them. We don't even really know that either. So like I said, at this point in the game, we need to really start thinking in terms of, of A, they have not, they made no secret that they want to get rid of you. So, you know, they have not, they, I mean, Bill Gates said, oh, we do a good job. We can knock down 15% of the population. <laughs> Pretty much told you he's trying to kill you. Um, <laughs> so, you know, so when we're looking at the, um, at what we're dealing with today, well, look around you and look at, just look in your own, own backyard. Look at your family members. Look at people that you know, people that you work with. Even before this was going on, how many people were, that you've seen on a regular basis were sick all the time? Think about that. How many people on a regular basis were sick all the time? Go to work. Joe was sick yesterday. He's gone today. Mary's got the flu. Sally's got a cold. Bob's got a heart condition. Everywhere around you got people that are sick. This is not normal. Never was normal. You know. What do you think? Life expectancies for kids. I, I don't see them get past 30 to be honest with you. And I'm being and I'm being uh, generous. I'm being generous. Let's see. By the time they reach kindergarten, they've got seventy-two jabs or something to that effect. You know, I forget what they're getting out of the hospitals just from being born. How many they're dumping into them right away? But their genetic code's all screwed up at that point. They have programmed that child to be genetically engineered from that point on. Now, they're not eating anything. And what and what are they feeding these children when they're born? Soy milk. Soy milk, pea milk, all this other shit. So now they're getting something that has high levels of phytoestrogens, high levels of phytates, high levels of, of uh, glyphosates, so you got a boy who's got a male endocrine system and now they're, the mom is feeding them soy formula or mom is drinking soy milk or soy products and then breastfeeding the child. So now the male's endocrine system is being corrupted with this estrogen they're putting in there. And genistin and dazidin, your body doesn't recognize, doesn't know what to really do with it. Uh, my daughter told the nurses, not to vaccinate your baby, and they did it anyway. I had to shot them. Um, 
Okay. Uh, children's ho- children country currently sick children's hospital in Toronto is so packed with redirecting children to regular hospitals. Sick population is a real pandemic. Well, the real pandemic is what is is not sick people. It's the institution that's currently making everybody sick, either through these injections or through the food supply or through the air. I collect antique pictures and boots, books. I have thousands of photographs from the 1800s and early 1900s. I noticed that back then no one had acne or bad skin because they weren't eating anything that had um, contaminants in it. You know, the biggest problem they had back then in those times was parasites. Biggest problem they had because the uh, they weren't spraying them with much of anything if anything at all. And so parasites was the biggest problem because they would uh, they would lay their larvae into the food supply and sometimes the digestive system uh, didn't break them down or they managed to somehow survive the processing of the food. And when it got into a person, they started to proliferate. Um, I have seen pictures of people in the 50s. I look at the women of the 50s even and the guys. The guys were thicker, bigger, stronger. The women were more filled out, plump. You know, they had, they they weren't. I wouldn't say saying they were busty, but I would say they were they were more uh, on a skeletal level. Their structure was denser and thicker, so they were a lot healthier then. And again, over over what six decades, <laughs> we're, we're winding up with a what we have today. Uh, I'm aware it's the Creating the population um, to be that's real pandemic in my opinion. Okay, I'm aware the industry creating the situation caused the population to be ill. Oh, to be ill. That's real in my opinion. Well, of course, they designed everyone to be sick. I remember what thirty years ago. I remember reading. That the uh, medical industry wanted at that time, at that time, the people that were sick were like one in ten. One out of ten person was sick, and and decades before that it was like one out of a hundred. And they wanted to make sure that nine out of ten people wound up on some sort of pharmaceutical. Ergo, today we have that that situation. They have achieved that goal. Uh, can one imagine how many children are now? Parentless, via all all the dead parents without any contingency. They made hospitals uh, so-called Masonic symbols all over the world that we are re- they're ready to be finished twenty twenty five approximately. Well, who did the, who did the Masons worship? Who did the, who did the Masons worship? Yeah, you know, this is nothing new. So when we're talking about death and life, like I said, this planet's inverted. They want you to eat soy, saying it's a health food, but really it's a poison. It's a carcinogenic plant. Nothing really good about it. Ideally, I would say it was God's natural pesticide that was planted into the earth to reduce the... um, the pest population 
just like arsenic was planted in some plants like ferns, again, for the same purpose. So there was a natural natural balance to everything, but again, over time, things got misconstrued. And today, we're all, we're all looking at, again, the, the magic pill, which aren't any. So now the onus is going to be up to you to use your wisdom to, again, uh, or knowledge to go to again to do the best you can what you can because the less you put in the less shit you put in your body the better and believe it or not the less you eat the better when you eat a meal and you go let's say 10 hours 12 hours uh, uh, from the next meal your body has not only had a chance to rest but it's had a chance to metabolize everything and uh, utilize whatever you ate so then when you're ready to eat the next meal the body's more responsive instead of eating three or four meals a day. In the early bodybuilding, um, about 30 years ago, they were telling everybody to have a, a meal every two hours. You know, the idea of having a meal every two hours was to sustain the muscle, muscle uh, um, animalism, to be in an anabolic state, in other words, a state of growth. But what that also did was it made the internal organs wear out faster. Now, the guys that were on the special vitamins, which I call the injectable vitamins that, you know, the uh, anabolics they were using, they had to eat every three hours because if they didn't eat every three hours, they would go into a glycemic shock. Uh, and again, that they could drop dead from that. So they had to eat every three hours. They had to even set their clock so that while they were sleeping, they would get up every three hours to eat. You know, so they were feeding the chemical, literally. They had thicker, bigger, and more powerful muscles, but a lot of them were also very restricted. We met one that was uh, from the UK years ago, again, probably 30, 40 years ago. Whether he's still alive or not today, I don't know. But he couldn't walk, he could not walk 10 feet without being out of breath. Now at the time, he was like 5'6", 260 pounds, and he was packed. Muscle, his legs looked like tree trunks. His arms were pretty thick, shoulders right across. But it was useless. It was useless. Couldn't do much with it. So, but again, this is chemistry. And again, it's a type of chemistry that... Uh, May look may make you look aesthetic, but it has no other value. You know, understanding the um, the nature of nutrition and what you need, as opposed to what you are uh, amount, is a big difference too. Um. Wearing out faster, just like just like what the Rockefellers had planned for running and exercising to an excessive degree. If you ever listen to The Order of the Barbarians by Dr. Richard Gray, okay. Well, I, I can I have a tendency to agree with that too. I think a lot of people that do run, they're running these high end miles. I met a I met a gal down in Arizona years ago. She was um what do you call that? She was a marathoner. 
and the way she ate and how she trained had changed her genetically. She looked like a streamlined woman designed for running. But it wasn't really healthy for her because the fat store she had or needed to have for her body was not adequately there. So I, I never thought much about that kind of thing. I thought that was a little dumb. Even bodybuilding. I mean, there's a, if you're training, you shouldn't really be training more than 45 minutes. That's it, really. And it allowed the body to recover. Uh, and, I, and, it, and a lot of the older guys, when they train, I say the same thing to them. But even the way they train, in order to minimize any joint damage and shoulder damage, to use lighter weights and higher volume, and don't train no more than 30 minutes, this will get the testosterone levels up and then wind down and call it a day. So again, uh, that seems to work for a lot of guys or even women. But again, the... the um, to train to become an athlete today, you have to be on steroids. Again, the food you're eating is sustaining the chemical. Yeah, well, there's uh, sprint runners trained with weights and stuff because they're looking for that explosive power, uh, whereas an endurance runner is looking for that long-term power. So it's about once about conserving energy, once about uh, creating an explosive uh, energy. So yeah, you're going to get a difference in the way they look. Uh, look at look at all the runners today. They look like they look like bodybuilders, really, or I shouldn't say body weightlifters. They're all on juice, every one of them. And to think that none of them are on any juice, that's that's nonsense. For them to run the speeds they're running, they are all using juice, especially for, during the training sessions, because they need that. They need to have that so that the protein in the body will become uh, will be um, utilized more efficiently and more more effectively in, to recover. When you're training the way they are training and how they're training, it's it like I said it it's uh, you get beat up and you need these things so again. Uh, uh, to get the proteins uh, going where they need to go. You know, they, you got to get the proteins to shuttle quicker, faster, more efficiently into the muscle. Can't wait a day or two because the next day you're going to be training again. So a lot of the things that were, a lot of things that, again, you see on these magazines, a lot of it's just mythos. Um... Okay, you got to listen to that interview that was that went on for three hours. The only thing five years ago, I thought, uh, I thought, was how folks were going to get air travel fearful. What happened? All they recommended that listen. Okay, whatever. I'm not sure what they're, they're referring to here. Um. So yeah, a lot, and again, and even today, going outside running today or riding a bike today or doing any kind of aerobic today outside, you can actually increase the volume of the nanites you're absorbing by a factor of four, four times more. So if you're going to be doing any kind of exercising, again, keep that in mind when you're doing anything outdoors. You know, in regarding to um, 
exposure. Remember, epigenetics is the root cause of every disease out there. Epigenetics. It's a broad term, really, but it means a lot. It means basically anything that you're exposed to that can affect the DNA or the genetic code. So whether you're breathing an air that's loaded with uh, oxygen or whether you're breathing an air loaded with nanites or whether you're breathing an air that's loaded with industrial waste, it's all going to affect you. Whether you're eating foods that are clean, whether you're eating foods that are contaminated, again, they're going to affect you. Whether you're taking vitamins, supplements, protein powders, uh, utilizing different chemicals on the skin for beauty or whatnot, is going to affect you. You know, how they affect you is, is where you tell the tale. Okay, how they affect you is where you tell the tale. What is the best salt to add to water to alkalize your water for hydration? Well, hydration doesn't have nothing to do with adding salt to it. Hydration means you're putting fluid into your body to, to regulate your, uh, your fluid levels. Adding salt to it is basically adding an electrolyte to it. Minerals. So they don't necessarily uh, allow for better hydration. If you want to add, uh, want some sort of better hydration, add glycerin to the water. Salt will help help you hold your water better. Okay, but it doesn't make you more hydrated. You know, distilled water, reverse osmosis water, those are probably the cleanest waters you can drink that has the least amount of contamination. But as far as hard hydration goes, you know, I think you got that confused with mineral mineralization of the water. Hydration just means that you got you quenched your thirst and your body has the water levels where they should be should be at. Uh, explain why when I use collagen help the pain in my because you regenerated the, the connective tissue and the muscle back in your feet. You know, it's a it's a it's a body builder, literally. So if you had any kind of breakdown in the foot, it helped repair it. You know, so, yeah, I mean, this is why I'm saying when you're re listening to some of these gurus out there, you got to really pay attention what you're what they're uh, talking to you, what they're selling you. They will tell you that distilled water will reverse element minerals from your body. I've never, I've yet to ever see that. Well, pink Himalayan salt has a lot of lead in it too, which they don't tell you that either. So again, I don't, I don't, I, I rarely use anything like that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you have to remember something. The health food industry, and I've seen this firsthand, will sell you products that actually work at finding that actually find solutions to healing your body. Then they'll come out and say that the thing that they gave were putting out there didn't work the way they thought, or they make up some and they pull it off the market. And yet everybody that has used those products were finding great a great deal of relief. And then they'll bring in a new product in there to replace that product, and that product that they bring in doesn't do anything except cause more problems. And I've seen that firsthand. What natural stuff is best for pain besides weed? Well, there really is no best substance. 
or natural substance that's best for pain? Again, that's a question that the way you're asking it doesn't work either. See, because there's a lot of things out there that work as an analgesic, but the thing is, which one is going to work for you? Cayenne pepper is an analgesic. You know, combining cayenne pepper with ginger has analgesic properties. I believe rosemary has analgesic properties. Bay leaf has analgesic properties. Are they going to work for you? That's another question. You know, uh, any sea salt has been found uh, to have microplastics compared to Himalayan, which is, uh, well, doesn't matter what salt you're going to get, where it comes from, they're all going to have contamination. Himalayan sea salt has lead in it. They have found it to have le uh, levels of lead. Microplastics, again, depending where they're, where they're harvesting the uh, sea salt from. So, again, there's Celtic sea salt, Mediterranean sea salt, Asian sea salt. You got yeah. sea salt from all over the place. So, again, uh, what do you want to put inside you, lead or plastic? <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. Again, your your frustration is coming from the fact that you you're buying into the sales pitch. Okay, you're not really looking at you're not looking at things through through a reality check. You're looking through things with kaleidoscope eyes. This is what they want you to look at. If it's coming from the ground, where's it coming from? And who's who's mining it? And what's in that? And what's in the in the ore? Or what's in the, because that's where they're getting it from. So, again, there's a good chance there's, there's going to be some kind of contamination to it. Same with the, uh, in the oceans today. They've been dumping plastic. What is the, the, the land mass of the plastic right now in the ocean is equivalent to the size of the United States and it's constantly leaking out. Even the aquatic fish that you're eating are now containing microplastics in them. So, you know, when you start to think in all terms, would they really give you a health food industry that actually worked when they're trying to kill you? So that's how, I mean, they just, like I said, the last two years and 11 months, they, they have pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and they have deceived everybody into believing there's a pathology out there that never existed. Never identified it, but yet, and the injection that they were propagating had been shelled in the pharmaceutical industry because it didn't work or it was too dangerous. So after releasing something like this as under an emergencies act to kill everybody, do you actually believe that the health food industry today has stuff in it that isn't, hasn't been contaminated on some level? And when you think about it, whenever when you see somebody really propagating some product that's supposed to be some super duper pooper trooper super duper, it's going to fix everything. I get it all the time from the MMS, these people that follow this cult, cult following. They believe that this thing is the cure-all for everything. It isn't. But they believe this. They try to convince me that it is. I tell them all the time, I don't need MMS. I got other things that will do the same thing MMS does. So you know, or has a similar effect that MMS does. So again, but if I'm to listen to these people, I would I would throw everything away and just use MMS. You know, so again, you know, 
this is what I mean. You got to really be on your game. You know, can magnesium and taurine help with migraines and help with auras? Um, it can. They can. Uh, you also may need to take. Um, let me think here. Niacinamide. May need to take uh, uh, vitamin E, uh, wheat germ oil, or vitamin E oil to repair the myelin. Uh, there was something else that was, because I got someone here that has that. And you got to make sure you watch what you eat. We incorporate more fermented dairy in the gut. Uh, again, make sure the brain gets what it needs. And, some, and sometimes you may need a nootropic as well. You know. Well, yeah, because what you when you're getting your own supplements, you're making your own. You're putting in now what you are putting in, not what they're putting in. My friend is asking me to pop a question here. They want to get married to you. <laughs> she has chronic periodontal edema. Above and under her eyes, she also has purple under her eye area. What do you think? Not kidney, liver. Anytime you have purple under the eye, it's usually liver. Um, did she have any alcohol recently? Wine, brandy, anything like that? Some people can't handle the any alcohol, and sometimes they, they get that right away from drinking alcohol. Um... I had that as well. I found out that I have hyper hyperthyroidism. Okay, to incorporate more uh, selenium. Can you prepare for someone that's had too many pills? via diabetes, side, the pancreas, detox, first 10, then your recipe. Not necessarily. Sometimes detoxing before you do something works, but sometimes it can make it worse. Okay, you can't always go by that as a rule of thumb. I normally don't do that. I normally have them take stuff for a while, build up their uh, build up their system, and then have them start on the detox. If they're already weak, and giving them a detox just may have be, have counterproductive effect. Because while you're giving them supplements, you're changing their diet as well. Okay, so when you're changing their diet. That in of itself is going to create a uh, reduction in whatever has been poisoning them. So in that, in that re response, the body would then do its own detox naturally. It will start removing these things that it can remove. So I, I don't necessarily always do that. If they got kidney issues, usually I give them uh, retinal palmitate, dandelion root, milk thistle, seed, uh, nettle, burdock, uh, as a, re a restorative and regenerative for the kidneys, uh, retinal palmitate, vitamin C, B5, have a, a adrenal regenerating effect as well. And again, changing the diet. No bread, no pasta, no rice, no cereal, no grain of any kind, no quinoa, no millet, no oat, no barley, no buckwheat, none of that stuff, you know. That stuff has been genetically altered. That stuff has been genetically modified, so your body does not know how to respond to that, and it can overwhelm and overtax the system as well. So you can look up things for kidneys as well to help you with um, 
kidney support. So I got it real quick here. Let me see. Go kidney. Uh, what happened here? Oh. Um, here we go. Oh. Hmm. Well, I was not giving you much on that. So, yeah, so that's generally speaking what I would uh, give the person. Um, Again, it's for kidney support. Let's see here. Give you some other ideas you can use. Lycopene is something else. You can find a clean lycopene. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, vitamin B12, uh, magnesium. Uh, Phosphorus, like trisodium phosphate or just sodium phosphate. Potassium. A little salt, sodium. Um, let's take a look here. Uh, GABA, or not GABA. Uh, well, GABA would work too because it converts to GHB. Choline. And it just flush with water. You know, dandelion. So, yeah, start start off with that. See where that takes you. Uh, where are we at here? For a nano bucket, mix it. Mix it. It is okay to mix. Four liters vinegar, water, salt, DMSO, citric acid. And the oil. The solution recipes I see are either water or vinegar and mix. Well, there's a reason for that. Can't take straight vinegar because it'll burn the shit out of you. And you want and you need the vinegar, you're using the vinegars in order to break down some of the protein barriers that may be binding the uh, the nano and the salt that's in there is again to help flush it out because it goes into the cells. So you want to apply DMSO to it, you you can. Uh, maybe a teaspoon or two. You don't need much. Um, but there's a reason for that. Okay, absolutely. It's it's tough sometimes for folks addicted because uh, that's what is what it is. Thank you so much for extra, extra, much, much appreciated. The only thing uh, really, I guess, is getting people off their, uh, sh uh, off their shite. Okay, if they're on their shit. <laughs> In the first place, <laughs> get off your shite. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Quit sitting on your shit. Um, they're, used, they're used to a pill that solves everything for a few weeks, years, until it's, it, it doesn't. Uh, what's the best for fatty liver? Don't eat grains. Now using milk uh, thistle. Okay, that'll help. Uh, start using lipase, sunflower lecithin, L-carnitine, B5. Or bile cells. Any one or any two will work. Should work. Lay off of all bread, grains, cereal, rice. You're saying you're not eating any grains. This is good. Uh, but that also includes quinoa, oat, barley, 
uh, buckwheat, things of that nature. You know, stay off of all that. Stay off of sugar. It's the sugar that causes the um, um, fatty liver disease. And that's what usually causes the problem. It's usually sugar. So again, uh, you know, avoid like crazy. Um, and I think you should be okay with that. So if you're using carnitine, that'll break down the fatty liver. B5 will do it. Uh, choline and NASA, which is sunflower lesson, that should do it. Uh, but I thought quinoa was Gaia. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, do you have anyone to make the nano bucket that we can buy from from them a website to buy? Well, where are you located? I sell them here. If you're in the U.S. or Canada, sell them here. I'm not sure Sherry's doing it yet. And Fiona selling them so you got places yeah uh alaska well you're gonna have to either get them from one of the three of us in the um in the lower 50 uh and the shipping's going to be a beauty so uh okay my eyelids and skin above swells okay yeah i know you know, I, I just had I just had somebody contact me from the Yukon to buy iodine from me. And I wrote her back and saying, "Well, the shipping is going to be really high. You might want to buy two to count, so that you know she wants to buy one." I I told her the shipping probably to the Yukon is going to run about seventy bucks from where I'm at. So if you're in Alaska, it's going to be at least seventy, probably more like hundred and twenty because of the the size and the volume. Yeah. So that's why I, in Europe, even I was sending stuff there, and then Yanni started building them. So I send everybody to Yanni now, so they because he's done all the legwork over there, so it saves them a little bit on the shipping, you know, because everything in Europe costs more anyway. So uh, there are people that are doing it, but like I said, the shipping is going to be, you know, if you want, send me an email, um, and we can go from there. Uh, like I said, there's Sherry in Colorado. I'm not sure if she's building them yet. Uh, and then there's Fiona down in the southwest. So um, you got you got you got some options. Got some options. Okay, so we got here. Wow. Well, what do you know? Wow, we're almost done. We are almost done. We went through that pretty quick. Hopefully, everyone got something out of this. I. Uh, Hope not that when you guys go to a health food store, you're not going to be sucked in or not going to hear some. Um, how you doing, Sunita? Uh, I hope you know you you're not going to get sucked in by these gurus out there trying to sell you shit that doesn't do anything. Uh, all right, what I'll do is I'll put my email in here right now. Hold on. Right, should be on the left side. Send me an email and we'll go from there. Uh, be honest with you, I'm not sure what 
the gift is that they're sending, I think it just converts it to a point and the points are worth so much to, for, to get, to get a dollar out of it. So I think I, I got an email the other day saying I had whatever points I had and, um, I, I just think it's just a, uh, it's like you donating money, you know, that kind of thing. All righty. Well, I think we pretty well covered it all. Now you're going to know that halal, kosher, organic is not what it's cracked up to being. Majority of the time, it's just bullshit. And even when you buy your vitamins, you're going to start taking a hard look at what's what you're buying, so you don't get any, you don't upload any more contamination. So, um, so again, um, hopefully, uh, you, you you now you'll be rocket scientists going into these places. Anyway, I don't think we have any more questions. Let me go, go through the thing here. Okay, everyone's winding it down too. All right. What is a good vitamin E? Uh, the one that doesn't have shit in it. And for me to tell you which one that is, I don't know because I have to do like you do. I have to read every label I buy. So, and again, if it's coming from a soy-based, flax oil base, I don't bo bother with it. Uh, you know. All righty. As I always wind down these shows, I always tell everybody to read the Gospels, read what Jesus had to say, read the book of Revelations because we are in that interdimensional we're beginning the interdimensional war, and we better get and we need to get ready the best we can. So anyway, I would encourage you all to read those books, read read the whole New Testament itself, uh, understand the, that covenant that God's making with everybody in the New Testament, and uh, again, read it for yourself. Don't let anybody tell you what they think. <laughs> You read it for you. All righty. I always say here at the set, at the end of these shows as well, we are still here by the grace of God. Remember that as well. We're only here because God has allowed it, us to be here. So until the next segment, to your house. So the next show, I believe, will be Monday around 6. So again, um, tune in. Invite your friends. Let everybody know. All right. Take care. Till Monday. Take care.